Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary. This Fundamentals of the Future show takes a look into the wide and widening sustainability skills gap in real estate and what measures are being taken to try and bridge that gap. Joining me to discuss the issues are Louise Ellison, Group Head of Sustainability at Hammerson and Chair of the Better Buildings Partnership, Sophie Carruth, Head of Sustainability at LaSalle Investment Management, and John Lovell, Co-Founder of Sustainability Consultant and Trainer Hillbreak. The trio are playing an integral part in helping to narrow the skills gap by their involvement in a new ESG training course led by the Better Buildings Partnership. The course, which has been developed for the fund management and real estate investment community, aims to give participants better command of how to respond to the ESG risks and opportunities that will increasingly impact upon their decision making. It will help them have a better understanding of the principles, disciplines and tools required to develop strategies and solutions for their portfolios and assets. So go grab a pen and paper or something more high tech and get ready to find out about why we need to narrow that skills gap and what role you may have to play in it. Welcome to the EG Property Podcast and today we are talking about the skills gap, a very specific skills gap. Um, Everyone who is listening might have realised that the real estate industry has recently um, woken up to the challenge of of climate change. There have been many in the industry, of course, who have been awake to that for some time, but now everyone is awake to, to the challenge. And that has brought with it a need for intelligence, understanding, and action, I suppose. And and I guess we're here this morning to talk about those things. And I, I guess where the industry sits at the moment in terms of its understanding of what sustainability is, what net zero is, what all the other elements of of ESG are. And um, I guess maybe let, let's, let's start there with a question around how confusing is sustainability to the real estate industry? And um, John, I'm going to start start with you uh, on that one because I know you're going to be um, integral to to delivering the the intelligence to help people not be so confused in the future. Sure. Well, Sam, I think you're right to point out that it can be confusing, and and, and there's a number of reasons for that. One is that the the agenda, and I, when I say the agenda, I mean the environmental, social, and corporate governance agenda in its broadest sense has been um, broadening, deepening, becoming ever more complex um, over a period of time. But that pro- that process of, of change and dynamism has accelerated in even the last six months, let alone the last year, two years or so. Um, so keeping up with that very dynamic agenda, which is gaining in significance for all stakeholders within the real estate value chain is a real challenge, even for for, for us and Sophie and Louise as, as ESG specialists and, and professionals, it's a tough job to stay on top of it. Um, so what really needs to, to happen and what we're really hoping this um, this training will will achieve is some demystification and simplification of uh, of that complexity. Um, easier done than said, hopefully, because they're quite difficult words to, to, to say. Um, Sophie, for for you, do, how how do you sort of respond to to that for, from John? And what are you 
what are you hoping that the industry will pick up through the through the learnings that the BBP is going to deliver through this course? Yeah, I mean, I'd echo what John said, certainly about the complexity and, and just drawing out particularly net zero carbon, which is a hugely complex topic in itself. It really doesn't help that uh, there, there aren't standard definitions of what net zero carbon means. It's being talked about by everybody at the moment, but even within the real estate industry, there are multiple different ways of interpreting what net zero carbon actually means. So that in itself, I think, is a really, really critical thing to get to the bottom of and, and increase everybody's knowledge and understanding um, around that topic. And then I think the other, you know, from our perspective, what's really important and why this training is so valuable is because every real estate professional within our organisation and actually just across the real estate sector generally, their job is going to have to change shape. They are going to have to incorporate uh, ESG more generally and net zero carbon more specifically into almost every single um, function that exists in this industry. And, and that can't happen overnight. We, we need everybody to understand not just what the issues around sustainability are, but what the implications are for their particular roles. And that's where this, this training that, uh, that we've been working on is, is going to um, come and help move people away from business as usual as it currently stands today towards the, the future of real estate and what everybody needs to bring into their everyday decision making um, in order to help move us in the right direction. So, so if this is going to be so entwined in in the business of, of real estate, where do we start, Louise? <laughs> we start by only looking at one bit of the elephant at a time, because otherwise <laughs> you just never get. You're just going to get overwhelmed and not want to eat it all. So you have to pick your leg. Um, and I think one of the things about this program is it has been quite carefully tailored to um to speak to a to the asset management um uh, fund management and that community um esg sustainability climate risk all of the things that we're tackling and trying to deal with are vast and broad but what my colleagues need to know the ones who will come and do this program what they need to know is how this impacts on the decisions they're making they need to know where the risks are and they need to know what the opportunities are. And I've literally, I've just come out of a meeting with a group of asset managers looking at, at, um, at some assets. And it's sort of on the one hand, I'm talking to them about, okay, so what is gonna be the cost of getting this asset to a net zero carbon position? And what are the options for doing that? But also at the same time, you're looking at a leasing strategy going forward. So actually what do we want to do in terms of ethical brands, local, where are the opportunities in terms of that? So really starting to articulate for them and enabling them to articulate for themselves then in their asset business planning, what does this mean? Um, where are the opportunities and where are the risks and what can I do about it? So I think it, it is, as, as uh, Sophie and John said, actually keeping on top of this from a, from a, the broader sustainability spectrum is challenging. 
um, we you can't expect you're not going to expect everybody in your business to be totally expert on sustainability. That's ridiculous. But they so we do need to find a way of tailoring stuff to enable them to have those skills and to support them in doing that. Actually, in the jobs that they have, same with the project management teams, the development management teams, they need the relevant material for themselves. And this obviously gives them a background to it, so they can see it in context. But then it's about what is it that you need to do when you go back to the office. I mentioned before that you know this affects every function within our organization if we think about it in terms of the asset life cycle you know it it's it's you know what is the investment strategy what's the the acquisition process the development or refurbishment projects that we go through the leasing strategy just the general operations and then disposal and I've probably missed out a few key elements <laughs> along the way but each and every one of those decision making processes need to have ESG built into it. And the point I just want to make is we're talking about Louise and I are talking about from the from the kind of asset management, fund management side of things. But equally, there's um, the the real estate consultants and advisors that we use on the other side of the table who we rely on to also know about all of these issues. And so whilst this training is focused on the asset management fund management um, kind of space, there's an equal need for the wider kind of advisory piece to also upskill and educate mm. on, on this topic. Yeah, completely. I mean, we talk to the development teams and the design teams um, and because obviously as a prop co, we have a slightly different role to to LaSalle. So, um, and, and th that requires a whole different kind of um, set of a different level of understanding and then understanding of, of different implications in terms of what you're then building. And, and, and we need those those consultants who support through that process. We need them to be upskilled as well. And, and I, I'd like to come back to, to that, how we sort of expand that that. Um, the learning from, from outwards across the whole of the industry, downstream and and upstream. But um, before we get there, we should we should talk a little bit about how how this course came came about. And because I, I know it's a great collaboration, um, and you know a lot of lot of time and effort has has gone into it. And and just the the drive be behind behind it. So John, I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, it, it has been quite a period of gestation in, in reality. And, and one of the reasons for that is because we want to make sure, and when I say we, I mean collectively, the, the, the group of um, funding partners, the BBP itself, um, collectively want to make sure that the, the benefits of the programme, especially from a peer-to-peer -peer learning point of view, are as, you know, as, as optimum as they can possibly be. And that means that getting a number of different uh, partners on board to help co-create and design and support the delivery of the programme has been a, a key ingredient um, in, that, in that process. So it's actually been um, you know, well over a year that this has been in the pipeline and, and, and being developed, and we just had a steering group meeting for it on on uh, on Tuesday this week, for example, just to kind of bring up to speed everybody with the latest development of the course, uh, the course materials. So um, it's always tricky with a course like this, which is coming into a space where the the, the requirement for knowledge and understanding is so great, but the the agenda is uh, moving at such uh, a pace. That, that kind of question of timing is is really critical but it feels like now 
really is the right time because um, for all sorts of reasons, as Sophie and Louise have explained, the I guess broad awareness and strategic understanding of the fact that ESG and sustainability is now an imperative for industry and an imperative for the professionals working within it. Understanding what that means in a practical and applied context across such a varied uh, number of, of roles. So as, as we've heard, you know, uh, fund and asset managers, but not just you know, on the equity side, on the debt side too, thinking about the development uh, process, thinking about investor relations and product development in a private markets context, understanding the nuances of which there are many between public markets and private markets, for example. Um, that takes time to curate. And I think that's a good word to describe what this programme is really about, because it's curating the the knowledge, the material, the intelligence of a number of supporting partners through uh, you know, we're we're kind of bringing it all together, I suppose, but we're just, um, you know, the point of a of a, of a much broader triangle of, of people involved in this. Um, so I think that's that's kind of why it's it's it has had that gestation process. It was very much driven by an acknowledgement by the um, some of the BBP members that there was a need in the market to have really practical. Um, program of learning that enabled exactly as John says that peer-to-peer learning is for us from to learn from each other and from good practice um and to make it very kind of focused around um the the challenges that that we could see our colleagues were having in in being able to make this relevant and uh, meaningful for them but I also think that long gestation period has has in many ways benefited the course because it's now oh, matured to coincide with this absolute explosion in demand for ESG and for net zero carbon in particular. And I think, um, well, judging by the demand that we've had so far, that's actually been quite um, quite a for, quite fortunate timing in the launch of the programme. Yeah. And is is your hope that um, you know this will extrapolate out from from asset managers and and fund managers to the consultancy community and are you hoping that you know if the if the asset management um uh part of the sector really gets this they will not accept um advice from consultants who don't get it that's exactly the point, Sam. Exactly the point. So this this course is very specifically targeted at those on that I would think of as being on the client side, if, if you like. But it's helping to empower them to know a what to expect and and therefore what are the right kind of questions to ask or points to challenge on or things to look out for. Not just when they're appointing their advisors or their agents or their valuers for example, but in terms of that ongoing relationship and holding that broader professional network to account in responding to the imperative that I outlined earlier, because you're absolutely right, the skills gap and the imperative to address that gap is not specific to the client side of the industry. This is an absolutely collective imperative, um, but empowering one side to expect and demand more of the other is a key, in my mind at least, a key ingredient in, in making that happen. Without giving away the course, obviously, because we want people to to sign up up to it, can you give us um, any insights into the kind of things that people will have made clear to them that they can they can take a take away? Yeah, um, perhaps if I if I jump in on that, and I'll, I'll um, as well as sort of talking about the 
the subject matter, if you like, and the learning outcomes. I'll talk a little bit about practically what a participant in the course can expect to to experience, because one thing to acknowledge is this isn't, um, you know, simply rock up, sit in front of your, your, your Zoom screen and listen to me or my colleagues talking on it for, for a few hours. This is a highly participative uh, programme and there is a you know significant expectation on participants to um, guide themselves through a programme of work punctuated by some some live sessions. And it's really split into two two halves, Sam, the first of which addresses the broader uh, kind of strategic dimensions of the agenda, because the understanding of the why is as important as the understanding of the how. Um, and I think just getting some clarity and cogency on that is, is really important. So in the first module, we'd be looking at, you know, understanding and deepening the, the knowledge around the driving forces behind the agenda and how that is pertinent specifically to a real estate investment context you know what are the salient market trends stakeholder expectations regulatory trends and what are the implications of those in a practical uh, and a strategic sense and and therefore being able to identify and address and respond to the variation between the ESG factors that are what we call material to a range of different property types, strategies, timings in the market cycle, all those sorts of uh, external variables that shape this. Because one of the things that, um, one of the features of the agenda over recent months and, and years is that it's gone from being a general overlay to a much more specifically applied set of uh, principles and factors that are very responsive to the specific investment circumstances of a you know a portfolio an asset a company uh, etc so that will that will enable participants to really understand the implications and therefore the risks and the opportunities in both the short and the and the longer term we'll then pivot into the second uh, part of the course where we'll we'll get much more applied into the kind of fund portfolio asset development management processes and as sophie um, highlighted earlier really understand what are the touch points in the in that property life cycle um, and, and how to address those touch points um, effectively so to know how to measure and set targets for and track and report on ESG risk performance impact understand the roles and limitations of the the relevant disclosure and benchmarking frameworks and rating systems for example which the industry generally is um, in my view, overly reliant on as proxies for risk and performance and impact, and then you know understanding what sits beneath the bonnet of those uh, of those systems is is as important as their as their application. But you you mentioned there, you know, sort of bench benchmarking and 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 Sophie, you talked actually about how there are so many different definitions of net zero carbon and. Whenever I whenever I look at this, I always see so many different benchmarks, rating schemes. Um, how how do we get through? If we really want to close that skills gap, we need clarity, don't we, over what it is, what net zero is, what benchmarking we should really all be be looking to. Um, is that is that part of of the edu educational piece for for you as well? see that the, the industry needs to come together with a a clear definition? I'd say it absolutely needs to happen. We need much, much more um, consolidation around 
this area. I mean, that we've been talking a lot about the need for a net zero carbon certification so that there's a really clear understanding of what is and isn't a net zero carbon building. I don't think it's necessarily um, the role of this education piece. I think that's uh, that's more of a kind of industry lobbying and a coming together of the existing certification bodies. And, and you know, what we don't need is something new to add to the multitude of, of ratings and certifications that already exist. Ideally, um, the ones that already are out there would adapt and evolve to much better reflect what we need. Mm, I think that's true. I, and, and yeah, I mean, this isn't a this isn't a, a course where people are going to be taught how to, you know, what the meaning of BRIAM is. It's it, that's not the point of it. It's it's much more about, um, you know, what you need to do to feed, to your asset and uh, and how you need to capitalise on it in terms of, e, of of ESG and where your risks lie. It's much more practical than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the benchmarks and and frameworks. There are there are a multitude of them. That there, there is a move to try to get more consistency and. Um, uh, but you know we've uh, we've got assets all over the world and they are all going to be operating slightly differently. So it's 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 a not it's not insignificant challenge to try and get that to work, get that to happen. But that's not the role of this particular program, and it's not the role really of the asset managers in our businesses. And and then in terms of the educational piece and of this skills gap that we do need to do need to close. What are your I guess what are your ambitions for you know say we are five years down down the line. And um, almost all of the industry has been through this course and is is up to date and now knows, um, you know, how to um, manage and look after their assets. Hopefully they're um, educating the consultants as, as well down down the line and maybe maybe vice versa. Maybe we should give some consultants their dues and maybe maybe they know a little bit, too. Um, that might be ambitious of me. But where do you where do you hope <laughs> where do you hope to be in? in five years time in terms of in terms of the skills gap i i would say um i mean yes that there, there are that you know don't knock the consultants too badly and there are consultants out there who who really do understand and do know and bring a huge amount to the table and a huge amount to the party um and that's great um in terms of this i think it would be great if we in five years time what you really want to see is the improvement of the assets so it's not really yes. Of course, the, 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 uh, our sector needs to be um, it needs to have achieved higher standards in terms of its education and understanding of ESG. But the proof of that will be in how the assets perform and the extent to which our sector is making its contribution to those net zero carbon targets um, that we've set. You know, nationally, locally, globally, that's where we need to be moving. Um, so that's, I think, what I would like to see from this is that we have a real kind of step change in in the performance of the assets, and an understanding that it's that, that also that there are there are there's a role for different stakeholders and how we can engage those different stakeholders. You know, it's the the, the same old kind of conversation we have about the occupiers of the assets. Our asset managers are those who are dealing with the are dealing with the occupiers routinely. Um, so opening up that dialogue with them and getting better engagement in terms of making sure that everybody is coming to the table at this uh, on this and, and and contributing what they need to contribute to get the assets improved. You know, we know there's a lot of lot of competition for people who know about um, sustainability right now. We're we work in an industry that doesn't have the best track record at um, attracting the 
the greatest um, rising stars. We don't do too badly, but we could do do better. Do do you think that a sort of openness around, hey, we need we need bright people who are passionate about sustainability and and want to learn about it. And hey, we um, have this amazing industry that touches so many so many things. Do, are you hopeful that being open around around this gap and the fact that we are trying to to fix it will attract more talent to to real estate i really hope so i think there's such a massive opportunity for bright young people who are interested in this area to have frankly long and very fulfilling careers as i mean it's 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 a it's sort of the intersection between two niche expertise areas right it's sustainability and real estate and I mean that's the intersection at which you know Louise John and I have worked for a number of years and there is a huge shortage of experts in this area and anyone who is interested in either of those two topics and is willing to kind of expand their knowledge and their expertise to fulfill both of them I think will do very well for themselves. We talked a little bit about, you know, where do we start and what the basics of the of the um, course are. And I, and I love, Louise, um, that your ambition for five years times isn't isn't exactly what do people know, but how are the how are the assets showing showing what we know? And I think there's a shift um, that I'm certainly seeing from from this side of the table of of that across a lot of lot of real estate. We see it in, in tech as well, where people are very much shifting from it being about the tech to it being about what the tech enables. So um, I guess I'd like to just dig a bit more into into what proper understanding of what real, real estate can do in the in the sort of climate change challenge can deliver as an outcome. One of the things that I think is really important and one of the things that the course will hopefully shine a spotlight on is that we often distill the ESG agenda down into a, a carbon and a climate issue. Um, and there's good reasons for that in a sense, because as many people listening will know, the contribution of the sector to that problem is absolutely enormous. Um, but it is much more than that as well. So one of the things that will come out, we, we hope from this course, is participants being more confident in understanding and therefore taking forward the interventions, whether they're looking at this through the lens of new product strategies, um, new investment uh, models, whether it's looking at it in the context of acquiring uh, assets, developing assets, um, the stakeholder engagement around the leasing life cycle, for example, that Louise uh, talked about, to understand what is the full range of opportunities associated with those touch points in the life cycle to deliver better outcomes, not not just from a financial point of view, but from a financial return point of view, but also in relation to you know, environmental uh, gain, in relation to um, social impact and, and positive societal outcomes. And I know they've become uh, slightly cliched, I suppose, uh, because of their slightly oversimplified use by many in the sector. But looking at a framework like the UN Sustainable Development Goals is, is quite a helpful um, kind of uh, point to focus on for that, because it just it helps to identify what are the, the ways in which real estate as an asset class um, and the, the, the physical bricks and mortar and what that physical bricks and mortar enables 
the contribution that can be made against that full array of of SDGs. It's not just about saying, you know, we build buildings or we operate property, therefore we're contributing to sustainable cities and communities. It's all about the the positive health outcomes, the tackling of social injustices and inequality through the way in which we design and operate and manage uh, stock. You know, I could go on and I, I won't because you know that's the purpose of the course. Um, but you get you get my point. Real estate generally has a as we know has a very significant impact in terms of climate change and climate uh, and, and and therefore the solution so this kind of program and making sure our sector is is improving its skills and really taking its responsibilities seriously is really very important in terms of us being able to achieve the targets and the goals that we need to achieve. If the sector doesn't step up, then it's going to be incredibly difficult. If you look at some of the scenarios, you know, some of the future of energy scenarios that are that are that are out there at the moment, um, we need a fairly significant system change. We also need a very big um, consumer behaviour change. Um, we need businesses to change the, our, our approach to how we need responsibility we take for, for the energy and the utilities that we use and how we use our buildings. There is going to be a significant increase in the amount of electricity demand just because of the way in which we operate um, just across the piece. There's a huge amount of work that needs to be done and a lot of it is rooted in real estate. Um, the, the way we use cities, um, the fact that you know there's so much migration towards cities um, and city centre living um, that in and of itself is is a something that real estate needs to be part of the solution for and it needs to be a sustainable solution it needs to be a zero carbon solution so there's a huge wealth of opportunity um, and it is going to create it's going to take some of the most creative people to come up with the right route for us to get where we need to get to we have always been a sector of creatives we have to be, and and I, I kind of, I'm concerned sometimes that we 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 become quite um, uh, kind of spreadsheet driven, and and that can create behaviours that mitigate against the kind of people who are more creative are often kind of a little bit put off. I think some of the um, roles that we have within within our industry, and I think we need to really get out of the fact that this is that there's a huge amount of desire and need for creativity within our sector to actually come up with some of these solutions. Um, it's it's really important, and 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 it brings so much value. If you've got people who can just look at a problem differently, because that's you know what, what we need to do. I, I think that is such a powerful uh, point, Louise, and and it's I think it's really one of the reasons why the the peer-to-peer -peer learning approach that the course is taking is so important because it's not just about getting a bunch of analysts in a room or a bunch of asset managers in the room. It's about bringing people together from various you know organisations with different roles in the in the both the capital and the real estate management supply chain, with different professional functions within those organisations. So that should um, assuming we're, we're able to facilitate it uh, effectively, that should really enrich the learning experience because it's not just, you know, listening to or hearing from or through the lens of what you already know. It's about bringing together that diversity of thought, that diversity of, uh, of, of, of idea uh, and really thinking collectively about how can we change the way in which we're making the decisions that we've been making before, you know, until now um, to, to achieve you know, mutually advantageous goals across that value chain. It sounds it like goes, it's, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, it goes back to your point earlier about is this an opportunity for um, kind of young people or people who are interested in coming into our profession? Yes, it is. But we don't have a great rep as a profession um, in terms of encouraging the sort of people we are now talking about. 
um, and and setting out a very clear kind of pathway for those people to be successful in our sector. Um, diversity is something that we talk about a lot, but I think the evidence would suggest that we aren't very good at actually doing it. I think we need to look at ourselves quite carefully um, and really create some change um, to make ourselves really attractive as a sector to the sort of minds that we need. I think this is a subject, isn't it, where there is a lot of passion and you probably don't always see that in every aspect of, of real estate. I, you know, the, the spreadsheet does rule in a lot mm. of places, but passion is so important for for attracting talent and for that creativity and for making change, I, I, I believe, in, anyway. And one of the one of the things that's coming out um, to me from this discussion and, and something that I I worry about for real estate sometimes is that real estate's voice isn't always heard, but this is an area where with the right people, that right pa- passion and the and the right understanding real estate's voice can can be heard and it can can make a make a difference so I mean I know it's, it's not my course but that's my ambition for for the course that it sort of amplifies that that voice and I I guess to round us off I wanted to hear from each of you the you know the the message I suppose that you'd really like it put out there for not just real estate but for government for you know the Joe or Josephine on the on the street. Sophie, I'll start with you. I'm not, I'm not gonna, sure if I'm going to answer your question directly, but just something you just said about passion just um, triggered a thought. I think one of the real privileges of working in this space is that we get to do work that aligns with our values. For for me, at least, that's a really really important part of why this is a great space to work in because it's. It's purpose-driven and quite important work, and ultimately, um, there's a there's an important reason for doing it. Uh, I hope that that is really appealing to people starting out in their careers and and who are looking to enter into the workforce for 20, 30, or 40 years and don't know which direction to go in. I really hope that the the idea that you can go and do something as Louise said that is creative it is really interesting it's incredibly varied as John said in terms of breadth and depth but there is a very uh, tangible ability to make an important difference in in something that you can actually see. I suppose the message is is it, 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 this, this is, this is a, some of the things that we see every day um, these are such important elements in, in our landscape, um, and they have a they have a massive impact personally on people. Um, people are very fond of the kind of assets that they have around them, but they don't necessarily see them in the way that we see them. So actually, getting people to understand that the, the the variety of things that go on in order to make those assets operate in the way that they do and, and operate, you know, optimally and better. Um, that's that's that that's the message you can actually if you come and do this if you understand more if you upskill yourself in terms of understanding the sustainability um the the potential that these assets have um that will enable you to really contribute to making to 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 improving everything um in somebody's you know in in somebody's urban landscape that's the opportunity that we have for me i mean i'll I'll be honest i i can't wait to to get stuck in and start delivering this And and the reason for that is not just because 
you know, we believe so strongly in the objectives and the, the kind of almost the mission of the course itself. But actually, you know, to, to Sophie's point and and maybe to extend from Sophie's point, this isn't just about, you know, the, the people setting out, starting out in their career, the future leaders in our sector. It's also very much for the seasoned pros. And this is by no means the first time that we've been delivering ESG training within the market. It's, it's kind of what, it's what we do. It's what we, what we created Hillbreak for. Um, and my experience of having done that over the last five, six years or so um, is that actually there is so much inherent passion amongst the broad set of real estate professionals for this subject matter. You can really um, light a spark in, in people individually and collectively when the, the the understanding is there when the points of connection are made between what I do as a as an investment manager or as a development manager or as a uh, as a sales and distribution specialist, for example, understanding the connection between that role and the plate and the the role of real estate in its place in the world in the context of those challenges and issues and frankly crises and emergencies that we're now uh, facing that can be really motivating and really empowering and my hope and expectation is that all of the groups coming through uh, this uh, this course will you know it will light a fire in the belly as as well as empowering through kind of knowledge and, and understanding it will really um, you know dial up the, the, the passion that that stage further mm, it should will make them see that they that there's a difference that they can make and nothing's more powerful than that isn't it if you can mm. see that you can make a difference i am sold uh i want to upskill i definitely want to make it make a difference so if if people want to get involved with the course where should they where should they turn to let's do the let's do the pitch Okay, well, you've you've got two options that ultimately end up in the same place. You can either go to the BBP website or you can go to the Hillbreak website. Um, effectively, all of the booking system for the course is is held on on uh, Hillbreak.com. Um, so head there, you'll find everything you need to know about the course in terms of the prospectus documentation, which sets out the learning outcomes, for example, uh, who the relevant audiences are, which we've talked about today. Um, so head there, make your booking. Um, we're we're releasing a further wave of uh, of groups um, right now because it's been quite incredible actually. We haven't even really started marketing this course uh, yet, but the first wave of groups that we um, that we opened up have sold out really quickly. So um, time is of the essence, everybody. Um, don't miss out. <laughs> Fantastic, and hopefully we'll get some um, some course. Um, graduates to come back on a podcast uh, in the future and, and talk to us about what they've learned and how how they're inspired how their passion has been reignited and, and will be making a making a difference but if they are learning from the three of you then they will be in good good stead so thank you so much for joining us to talk about um the skills gap and how we're going to fix it uh, in sustainability louise john and sophie Thank you for joining us for this episode of the EG Property Podcast. We hope you found the content insightful and helpful. If you'd like more of the same and to keep up with all the latest news, views, analysis and research that the EG Group has to provide, be sure to sign up to all of our property podcasts and subscribe to Radius Data Exchange for unlimited access to all of our content and comprehensive commercial real estate data. (laughs) 